0: So when Kelly and I started A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms, a.k.a. Rom-Com Gents, we knew that Billy Crystal was in our future. We had When Harry Met Sally as one of the hallmarks of the genre, and we knew that uh, we were going to get to it sooner or later, and we did, and we had a great time. Um, But we were surprised to find that there were more Billy Crystal rom-coms. Not only that, Billy Crystal rom-coms written, produced, directed, and starring Billy Crystal. This is 1995's Forget Paris and, like I said, written, starring, produced, directed by... um, Maybe he did craft services. Maybe he did uh, some, you know, editing on it. Maybe he did a little uh, uh, sound recordist stuff. Who knows? He, He could he could do a lot more. Um, But good for you, Billy Crystal. Uh, I I underestimated your rom-com prowess. So it's a fun little 90s gem with Billy Crystal's Forget Paris. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another round of a Gentleman's Guide to rom Hey, Mick, cut me. Oh, man. Were you just, were you boxing up a, a
1: storm there, Kelly Song? Yeah, this is this is Kelly Song, and this is my, uh, this is going to be my last round, I think. Uh, I am over COVID, but I still have a really bad cough. I'm Apollo Creed. <coughs> Pow! Ah! Don't take advantage of my cold, Apollo. Let's be best friends.
0: How? I'm going to go get my do hand do a bitten off by an alligator. Wait,
1: have you seen Rocky?
0: I haven't seen Rocky. What? I know, I need to see I think Rocky. I, knew that. I haven't seen Gone with the Wind. Haven't seen What's one that you haven't seen? What's a classic? An American classic. Haven't seen an American classic? I have seen all movies. I haven't seen Love Story. Haven't seen Love Story um scene in a fair to remember i feel like that was a big one yeah that was it's a big one big
1: I, one i introduced you to um dirty dancing right earlier dirty this year? dancing now the time of my- wait hold on we're, we're talking about me though we're talking about me here focus you, on me you got over what COVID. i here no no what what haven't i seen like there has to be a classic american movie that you could point to that i haven't seen
0: um, I want to find one that would be really embarrassing for you. Have yeah. you seen Labyrinth? Yes. Okay. Um, We've
1: actually told the story about me making out in Labyrinth on this show.
0: Oh, right. Okay, that was that was Labyrinth. You did that in. Okay, very good. Uh,
1: can you write that down just so we remember? Just put like a note somewhere. I'll put it
0: posted on my monitor. Thanks. Kelly made out in Labyrinth, underline three times in the back. Um, have you? Um, uh, let's see, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yes
1: i guess huh? it's an american classic i don't know uh mr spielberg hey you know what this is what we can do just when when a famous movie pops into your head just <laughs> spout it out
0: all right that'll be <laughs> the Apropos game nothing that'll be the game uh this week Of if we run into a famous movie i'm gonna i'm gonna test you see. okay.
1: seen it seen it seen it sorry i do hey, wait, wait wait have you seen john wick Okay, that's not a classic American movie yet. I feel like it has to be longer than 10 years old. It's a classic. It's getting there. It's
0: not 10 years old, but it's getting up close. I can't wait to see
1: it, though. Yeah, Man's mad about a dog (laughs) being dead, right? That's precisely it. Shoots and stabs and kills a
0: bunch of people. It was written to be Clint Eastwood. It was going to be someone really old. And Keanu Reeves is like, what if it was Keanu Reeves? (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) He
1: came in and he was like, it should probably be me. I we haven't I feel like Clint Eastwood at this point in time has had enough revenge in movies mm-hmm. like we I, I think he's killed enough people. There's been enough dead people. There's enough blood on your hands Clint Eastwood get out of here. Have you Go direct movies.
0: Have you seen Dirty Harry? Yes. I haven't seen Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. I need to get on it. Get on it. Well, it's fine. What did we see this week?
1: We watched Forget About It. It's hey, Paris. Forget hey, about forget Paris. about it. I'm walking here. It's you Paris.
0: Wee wee! <laughs> oui, oui. oh, we watched oui. Forget Paris. Um, well, let me tell you a story.
1: Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, you probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter. and not very good at telling stories. That's the
0: end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. End. All right, so Forget Paris has a very old, old trope. This is probably the oldest trope in the book. We start with a framing device. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, framing device. Let's talk about that in Trope Talk, though. Yes. Yeah, we'll go into it more. But we meet,
0: well, wait, who do we meet for? First, because we meet Joe Montaigne a little bit later, and he starts
1: telling us the story. We we first get to he
0: tells us a story.
1: He tells us a story, but we first meet Billy Crystal, um, and it's when he. It's not the Julius Irving story. It's just when oh he makes the call. Like okay, so we meet Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is a ref in the NBA, and it looks like. He was born to be that way. There's just something about <laughs> Billy Crystal in this uniform that just makes sense.
0: No, basket. The shot was after the buzzer! Game's over! Are you crazy? No, no, no tell Yeah, you
1: and get get he makes a tricky call at the end of the game, which ends up being right, and Charles Barkley's super mad at him, but we get that Billy Crystal is a pretty straight up and down not afraid of these giant basketball players that are mad at him kind of guy. If I was a sports guy, I think, I think ref would be right for me. I think I would be good at it. You're like, no coach, no <laughs> player, no GM. No way. Ref.
0: Ref. Cause like, how fun is it to be ref where you like. No fun at all. I've been a ref. It's no fun. Have you. Like, hey, it's gotta be fun for some people. I don't know. Like being the shot caller. That'd be pretty cool.
1: I mean, he, wait. Is he that called, hold on, hold on? When when you hear the song and they're talking about shot callers, yeah, do you think they're call, talking about the referees? Yeah, because at the at the <laughs> the beginning of the movie, Billy
0: Crystal's like, "No basket, no basket, basket." He was literally the shot caller. He, he called the shot and he said it wasn't in Charles Barkley. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. He was a shot
1: caller. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I okay. That, I mean you're right the no shot rollers right, are the cool ones you're right he is a shot caller okay I, so billy crystal plays even a, call shot him a baller <laughs> because he holds the basketball at one point yeah so he's a
0: baller and a shot caller uh that's his job uh-huh. it's in his job description and we basically zoom out of this moment to joe montagna and joe montagna's like uh i remember going up in the poor neighborhoods of little italy
1: yeah <laughs> wait hold on who's who's his joe montagna's uh co-actor in this scene uh, it's him and some lady it's no she's great what's her name uh what is her name
0: she is not cynthia stevenson Cynthia Stevenson "Yeah,
1: I like her in this movie."
0: Yeah, so he's telling the story and they're on this date and we learn that they're they're engaged, they're engaged to be married and he's like, "Let me tell you about my best friend Billy Crystal, the shot caller."
1: Yeah, because like I he, know
0: every detail of his life.
1: Well, he he mentions that like because she's like we met in a crazy way. We just started sending faxes back and forth to each other. They basically did primordial email texting. Yeah. yeah. Like like it's it's the the earliest form, or it's the middlest form between letter writing and emailing. There's nothing more romantic than an, a mistaken fax. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you like sent letters via a uh, like a copy machine and you just like left them in there for the other person to find. That's a lot of legwork though. I
0: feel like there's you gotta to be do butts there. That's like early sex. There term. is a rom com <laughs> waiting for us to see that was made in
1: 1993 that is about that. <laughs> I'm the printer king. <laughs> I'm just looking for my queen. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's like, no, this is not the weirdest way two people have gotten together. The weirdest way is Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. And she's like, tell me the story. And so then we play the tell me a story again. thing again. Uh,
0: so yeah, he's like, um, she helped bury his father and it was like, whoa, how does that happen? So then we watch this happen. So we go to Paris and he is bringing his dead father, his body, the body of his father to Paris. It's very, it's very lost like instead of um, coming back from where was, where was, where's oceanic flight 815 coming from? It was, it well, it was, was Australia. Australia. Yeah, yeah. It was going to LA. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what they were doing. But instead yeah. it's. I'm uh, just talking about lost now. Yeah. So. Okay. We have Jack, and he's got his father that's dead.
1: Um, But yeah, Billy Crystal has a dead father on board. I think Billy Crystal in Lost would have just been like the thing that would have actually brought us through all five seasons. Help! I'm lost! (laughs) Hey, does anybody have a good spitz on the island? It's just you and me
0: together! Uh, So, yeah, and the airline loses the body of his father on the way to Paris. And so he goes and is stuck in the airport terminal style. Tom Hanks all like,
1: except he's like grumpy Tom Hanks mm because he is not having any of this. Yeah. And then he's not Victor
0: Noworski. He's worse than that.
1: There's a spider on your ceiling, finally! If people remember from like episode 18 or something, I thought that there was a spider on the wall, but it's just this hole that's on Ryan's ceiling. There
0: is another spider. But up. there's
1: actually a spider up I'm there. I'm
0: gonna let him live, because he's kind of tiny. No,
1: no, that's fine. He doesn't seem threatening. Yeah. He is flipping <laughs> us off. That's Fuck fine. You, spider. <laughs> okay, so he meets Stepper Winger, who's like an attendant. She's found his his he's really salty yeah because it's been a terrible experience because they lost his father and when we, we meet deborah winger she pulls off this great like she you should feel him. bad mm-hmm. about what you do because she's like you no matter what you can feel free to insult us and she just like pulls off a nice subtle piece of acting here that is insulting him but also telling him like she's being graceful about it though
0: this is what they mean when they say disarmingly charming Because they make you go, they make you kind of put away all of your assumptions and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop, you know, I'm going to stop all the pretenses. You're pretty cool.
1: So, and this is the last point in time where I think that they have any chemistry in this movie.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, We can talk about that.
1: (laughs) We'll get into it.
0: Uh, So, oh man, I have to internalize this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to work on that. Uh, so he is like, okay, thank you for finding my father. I'm going to go bury him now. And he buries him at some church with all his war buddies because they fought in Normandy. Right. Um, and then then she shows up because she's like, you shouldn't be alone to bury your father. And he's like, Hey, you're cool. Yeah. And so they go out to dinner. Oh, I really like the, they meet before that one time in between Mm -hmm. where he's at a restaurant. Right. And,
1: uh, he has to wear the dinner jacket that doesn't fit and all these things. Yeah. It's, it's it's French hijinks. The waiters are mean to him, mm. that he doesn't understand like what this giant weird salad is. And
0: the style of this rom comedy, the comedy is Billy Crystal quips for an hour and forty minutes. Like he's just like it is reeling things off as if he's on stand up and he's uh, doing this showman stuff.
1: And I feel like there's so there's some Joe Montaigne like voiceover of him telling the story every once in a while. And there's one line where he's like, and he's pouring it on thick. He's being charming in his all get up. He's mm-hmm. like really pulling out all the stops. And I wonder if that was like put in later when like the producers are like, man, Crystal's really throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks and we need to like show that it's part of the story. You I know? like that. I like that behind the scenes read. I'll take it. Um, also him eating like he, when he's in that restaurant, he gets this like big bucket. He, he calls it a yard, yeah. I think. And it is, it's like just a bunch of veggies and like maybe meats on ice yeah. in a big bowl. French people Tell us
0: if this is a thing.
1: I So Robin and I were on our honeymoon in Portugal, and we had this one day where it ended up being a great day, but for the like first part of it, we'd been on vacation for like five days, and the first part, we'd, we'd done that big mistake where we walked around too much, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the day where Mm. we're like, we're going to go to a museum. We're going to go to an outdoor museum. We're going to just go everywhere. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, I'm hungry. Yeah. Like we need to find food and we don't know this city. Um, and so we end up at this really small place next to the water and we order some food and, uh, Robin and I are vegetarian. Like sometimes I'll eat meat like on occasion, but like we were like, okay, can we get, this whatever this big salad is but just vegetarian and the guy's like yeah no meat and we're like exactly We co- it comes back and it's just like has 50 shrimp on it like 50 giant shrimp in a bowl of like vegetables and it was it's just like robin couldn't like even i tried but it was just also too much shrimp for if you're not wanting shrimp and so we're stuck in the same situation where there was this giant bowl of food and we're like is it this big because we're americans and you wanted to bring us giant food (laughs) yeah and we didn't know what to do with ourselves i like that Profiling, like wanted to give it away. <laughs>
0: our problem was on our honeymoon is that we uh, went out and got raging food. You just poisoning. basically
1: pooped the whole time, right? Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. So yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Well. Honeymoons are not supposed to be, (laughs) you know, gastronomically sound for anybody.
1: No, no. We were sick, too. We were sick for a week on our honeymoon. I mean... Like, that just happens, right? You travel to foreign places, you try new things. And you just spent, like, days, like, prepping for a giant party. Having a giant party. Yeah, your body
0: is, like, processing all that stress. so... So Uh, (laughs) We don't even see Billy Crystal's uh, honeymoon, because, spoiler alert, like, fast forward 30 minutes, they do get married... And I can't right. remember what they, their honeymoon was.
1: Um, I don't think they have one. I think that's part of the problem with their relationship. Mm, okay. Well, let's, so, let's fill in the gaps. Yeah. So,
0: uh, he stays the weekend and they have a romantic time in The Yeah. Mm, we, oh, we, mm. um, um,
1: I'm sexing not like here. That. Forget about no. it. No.
0: Luckily, we don't really have, we were just talking about Top Gun before we started recording. Mm-hmm. There's no Top Gun scene where, like, Billy Crystal shuts
1: his tongue down. Imagine a self-serious Billy Crystal sex scene. Oh, my god, Where he's doing just what Tom Cruise does
0: in Top Gun,
1: He's he's like it's he's like slowly <laughs> lowering himself on someone and then maybe maybe a hint of a thrust. You're like no,
0: Billy, no. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, imagine like take a sex scene and the test is would it still be sexy if it was <laughs> Billy Crystal doing it? And if it is, then it passes the <laughs> test. I don't think that exists.
1: I I'm going to test it here. The, uh, Mr. the Billy Crystal, Crystal rule. Mr. Crystal. I'm just. You're going to make that edit? You're really going to sit on your computer and edit him into a sex scene? (laughs) Just like Photoshopping, like, and now we put in Billy Crystal's face, and voila. So, Billy and her have to separate, because he has to go back to work. Yeah. She has to stay there. He's miserable without her, and so he decides one day he's going to show back up in Paris.
0: Yeah, how did they reconnect?
1: Yeah, he shows back up in Paris, because he's... Like as soon as the season ends, yeah. Because he says,
0: "You know what, you guys, people, you guys lost my mother now," and we're like, "Yeah."
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then he finds out when he's like, "We should get married or whatever," he finds out that she's already married. Mm -hmm. She's just separated. Yep. And she's like, "I'm so confused.
0: I don't know what to do. I've been separated, but I like you and but I like my husband." And uh, yeah, her husband
1: is rich, rich, handsome, handsome, and but drives her miserable. She's not happy. Yeah. Um. And so. Billy Crystal's like, come, come, be with me, and she's like, ah, I can't. And mm-hmm. so he goes back. He's miserable again. He gets really mad at uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, he has a blow
0: with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was not a shot caller that day.
1: Mm, he was a, um, he was a mean man. Mm-hmm. He, he was mean to all the tall guys. I
0: didn't realize because this movie came out in '95. Uh, but I didn't realize Kareem's career lasted that long.
1: I didn't either. Like, so at this point in time, you're saying Kareem played Michael Jordan for nine years. That's crazy. Let's
0: let's just quick, check this quick Google search, because maybe this movie is set in 1989 or something. Oh, yeah, maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar NBA career years uh, as player 1989. Oh, okay. So, so this movie set is 80s. set in 1989, essentially. Like they were really yeah, stretching it. Totally. Okay, that makes a
1: lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. So he's mad, but she shows up. Uh, yeah, and yeah. she's like, "Yo, let's let's doink." And yeah, he's she's like, like, "Cool." They have this like moment where it's like the two of them chatting back and forth about. Like, you know, they're like, oh, yeah. I she comes like to the this. hotel room. And he's like, I don't like this. And they kind of get all the stuff that bothers them out on the table. The little annoying things. Yeah. And uh, then they get married.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They get married. They have the honeymoon phase kind of ends quickly because then they move into his L.A. apartment. And I like that it was a shrine. It was described as a shrine to, to watch ESPN. ESPN. Yes.
1: Very good. Um, and it's at this point in time that. The other couple in our framing device shows up at the dinner.
0: Yeah, so we meet other friends that fill in the gaps because that actually helps because it's like they're saying that Joe Montaigne knows every detail of this love affair. And it's like, even me, you are my best friend. I've have very scant details about your liaisons with Robin. Yeah, but also we have the internet,
1: so there's more interesting things like going I, on. I these guess days. so,
0: but you would think I would know more about like I, I know I know the like bullet points, but I don't know. Oh well know... do we need to just
1: sit down and I, for me to regale you for like five hours? Yeah, but we need to go to like an old an school Italian, Italian yeah. place yeah, where totally. we have a salty waiter who makes who, who is understandably salty because <laughs> they sit and take up a large table. In the middle of this restaurant for presumably like five hours or something,
0: yeah, and just drink. How much? How much was the most expensive bottle of champagne at Saucebox? No, Saucebox wasn't a big champagne place. Uh, probably, but if you were trying to do bottle service, what would be the most expensive bottle you could get?
1: The most expensive bottle of champagne of whatever, like the most expensive, the most expensive bottle of wine. Buy. The most expensive wine that we had was probably hundred and five dollars. Okay, and let's say they got four of those.
0: Because a really nice bottle of champagne. They got
1: one bottle of champagne. It was at
0: the end. I don't know. Maybe it was done for... Like, they had like eight of them. They had to get at least a couple.
1: No, no. They We we see their, their orders all the time. Uh, they, they order wine at first. Yeah. Then they get a round of martinis. Right. Double martinis. Double martinis. Okay. And...
0: Like, the bills, bill's adding up. I think... No! I hope he's getting a good tip.
1: Yeah, I mean they better tip him good. That's what I'm saying. I think because especially because he describes every wine as he describes himself. Play that's a couple amazing. of these. It's very good. We're
0: getting married. Fine with me. <laughs> How's the house wine? It's like me, fruity yet oddly appealing.
1: So basically, what happens is that this other couple shows up. One of them is Marge Simpson. Yep. Yep. Julie Kavner. Uh, she's amazing. The guy. I also recognize from stuff, but he looks like Phil Jackson. Um, (laughs) Yeah, speaking of the NBA, that's Richard Mazer. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in things. The (laughs) sing.
0: Yeah, he's (laughs) got one hundred and forty nine credits. Good for you, Richard Mazer.
1: So they
0: start filling in the gaps. This is basically where it goes downhill. Yeah, because she's unhappy and lonely because he's on the road all the time. And mm-hmm. I didn't know it worked this this way. And I'm not sure if it does work this way where the refs are traveling. Yeah, I thought
1: the refs would be- Local. Local. Like they would, they would ref all of the LA games. But here's the thing. Like <clears throat> you want your judges to be impartial, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about a ref that's always at- a specific stadium, though, that feels like maybe they'd have a bias. True. And like... But it does seem ridiculous to have them travel as well. Because he's
0: also traveling, like, independent of league. Like, where it's like, uh he'll be on the West Coast, and then he'll be in New Jersey, and then he'll be in, you know...
1: Yeah, he doesn't seem to be traveling necessarily with a team. no. It's completely random.
0: Like yeah. it's like a shotgun blast. So like, he's all over the place. At one
1: point I think he's in Peoria, which means he's uh, doing the Indiana Pacers. I think we see like 12 to 15 different teams. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't man. I don't know how it works. It hey, was
0: great to see mid 90s <laughs> NBA. Yeah, Those it really were was. were the days. Like
1: I knew all of these players. Me too. David Robinson, Charles Barkley. I had no idea Kareem was still playing. <laughs> Eighty nine. I mean, we were still alive. Yeah. Um, So it was cool. It was, it was cool seeing all of this go down. Um, And you always get like some montages of like him basically refing refing via his mood.
0: I I love all the shtick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love. He, He has like a really good relationship with Reggie Miller. Yeah. And then like he meets that that one guy who's the short. Bugsy? Is that? He was in Space Jam. Yeah. He he, he can dunk, but he's like 5'7". Yeah. And he's like the only person that's his height. I don't yeah. know. It's really good. And you see him at certain points in time before he gets married, hooking up with uh, a bunch of cheerleaders, which is like the Adam Sandler thing. It's like, right. The
0: cheerleaders are hooking up with the ref. I know that you're a shot caller and you're a baller. Yeah, you, but you did is, give them both those titles, so that would make sense. this is a stretch. I don't see
1: this happening. Well, it would be a stretch because they are very flexible. Nice. Right? Okay. Well done. So anyway, they get married and she's unhappy. She's eating ice cream all the time. Mm-hmm. She is working a horrible job at Burbank Airport. Bob Hope. Bob Hope Airport. <clears throat> um, she has this hijinks
0: with a bird. Because we learned oh, yeah. this story where there was a rat trap, but it trapped a bird, and then she took the bird to the vet, and then the bird got attached to her face, yeah. and it's it's good '90s hijinks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then they compromise, and he yeah. stops refing and he gets a job as a car salesman, so he stops being on the road so much. And she gets
1: promoted, and she's happier, mm-hmm. but then like they're. Her dad moves in with him and he has like some dementia kind of, of problems sort. where he basically just talks about Toyotas. Toyota. And there is one of the funniest <laughs> scenes I think I've seen on our podcast where he just says, Toyota. I what,
0: What's the line? Hold on. Let me look up the line. You bought it. You, you
1: got it. Yeah. You bought it. We we gave it to you. Um, He says, you, you asked, asked for it. You got, got it. it.
0: You watch
1: for You lie Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> and he says it like in one scene, he says it like maybe 15 times. Mm-hmm. And Billy Crystal, his deadpan <laughs> is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. And like the combination of those comedies are great. And eventually he goes big, but this movie really made me appreciate as animated as an actor, as Billy Crystal usually is mm-hmm. when he's deadpanning and mm-hmm. just, frustrated and hates his life, that's when I think he's maybe the funniest.
0: Yeah. It's his that's why when Harry Met Sally still is so brilliant and probably will be his best film forever. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. That he's actually really good being Deadpan too. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough Billy Crystal movies in the world. There yeah. needs to be many more Billy Crystal movies. Here, here. Um maybe we should Well and he wrote and
1: directed this one. We we yeah. should say. Wrote,
0: directed, produced um, also produced by his buddy Rob Reiner, so that helps.
1: And there are different lines in this movie that feel like they're from Rob Reiner, like Rob Reiner looked over the script. Definitely uh, has that influence. Yeah, it really... It, there, there are just some lines that like, I hear in Sleepless later on where mm-hmm. I'm like, it feels like Rob Reiner, who's involved in both of those in the background, like added a little bit of fingers yeah. into that pot. Yeah. Um, so Billy Crystal's unhappy. He doesn't want to sell cars. He doesn't want to take care of the dad. Deborah Winger's just kind of getting happier and happier in her job, but Mm -hmm. like their relationships on the rocks.
0: So we think it's over, but what actually happens is that she sends the dad home.
1: Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. there's a scene where he comes home after they've been fighting for a long time. He finds a note, but before he can open the note and like her closet's like been cleared out and before he can read the note, she shows back up and it's like this relief moment where he thought he lost her, But really, she was just doing a good thing for their relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So dad's gone. They decide to have kids. Yeah. And so they they start having let's have baby sex. And let's have a baby sex is the best sex of all time. It's
1: really great. I love let's have baby sex. There is a point in time where you get exhausted, Mm -hmm. but then it comes back around like a good joke. I love you, Robin. <laughs>
0: let's have a baby sex is at some point then followed by, I just had a baby sex, which is preceded by no sex. <laughs>
1: it's a, it's a rocky time. Not untrue. <laughs> um, that is, but they're kind of stuck on let's have baby sex. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get a lot of that. We get like one scene, but I feel like we get more let's have baby sex in friends
0: yeah again I'm grateful that I didn't get the Top Gun sex scene here with Billy Crystal again so I'm Buh, glad bum. I'm glad that
1: they were very brief about it you don't like the Top Gun sex scene Rob- I really don't Robin's gonna Robin can you write in I'm like asking you to write does a does Robin
0: like the Top Gun sex scene? yes we
1: both do we watch it all- I mean you know. <laughs> no yeah we both think it's a good scene
0: we watch it all the time in bed. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: excuse me um
0: you know Tom Cruise sticking his tongue down your mouth. It works for some people. Maybe I not just
1: me. think there is, I just think it's a good scene. Anyway. Okay. I mean, so, can't, <coughs> can't go wrong with that soundtrack. I'll give you that, but they can't get pregnant. Then they start trying to intravenously have kids mm-hmm. and that's not working. But then like Billy Crystal is like, there's this whole scene where he can't jack off at the like fertility clinic. And so he has mm-hmm. to go home. Mm-hmm. He does it there. This and movie
0: has a lot of good
1: masturbation humor.
0: Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of it. It's surprising amount, a surprising <laughs> frequency. Like there's the free, the masturbation joke he made when he was talking to his talking to Joe Montaigne on the phone. Oh yeah, and he's trying to get the name of
1: their oh, school yeah. teacher. Yeah, I actually thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh,
0: but there's an extended sequence where he he's got the boys in a cup and he needs to get them back to the hospital, and mm-hmm. he runs into Los Angeles traffic. traffic. Los Angeles traffic, Billy Crystal, what were you thinking? You really Uh, live a half an hour away? If you live a half an hour away, then that means you live two hours away with LA traffic.
1: I'm going to hold you to something real quick, too, because right before he leaves, she says, like, good luck, or I hope you make it, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it freaks Billy Crystal out, because at the beginning of this movie, he relates to her very heavily, that he he, he doesn't like jinx words. Yeah. Like, Like... you can do it or break a leg or things like that He's superstitious he's superstitious um and it comes back all the way at the end of this movie where he's like he breaks that code and he says it to her and it's like part of how he proves that he's in love with her
0: when is at the
1: basketball game yeah the basketball game where, where she's like how do you know it'll work and he's like piece of cake
0: Oh, i totally did not put that together. And you
1: hate that in movies. You hate it so I, much. I, Cause it didn't even register for me. <laughs> okay. No, like, you missed it in this one.
0: <laughs> well, it, I hate it when it's a linchpin and this like, okay, it's, the, the, let's, literally, talk, about, let's it, talk about the end of the movie. Okay. They go through trials and tribulations. They get back together Yeah, and she shows up at a basketball game mm-hmm. and they kiss and there's a sexy saxophone. And it's great. Yeah. And he says, piece of cake. That feels more like a like button and a cherry instead of a ah. That's the thing. It, it didn't feel like it
1: was. Th- I don't know. She didn't she's, feel like it relied. She's on She's reaching out that. desperately in that moment. And he wanted her anyways. Just yeah. Give me a second though. She's it's she's the one who get, needs to be convinced. Okay, so she's 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 there. She just, came there from Paris. Give me a second though. Okay. <laughs> she literally says, "How do you know it's going to work this time?" Because she backs up right. And he gets her back in with that line. I like it. You just usually hate these things. I
0: didn't notice it
1: because the, the read you I had. stopped
0: paying attention no, to No, the read movie. I had the film is he was going to leave the basketball game and go to Paris to get her. Well, yeah. She left Paris and came to the basketball game in mm-hmm. L.A. So that means they both were wanting it. And so no matter what they said, they were there for each other. So I was kind of not paying attention to the dialogue because okay. I did, because like, that's there was that's no, fair. there was no question mark left. There was like, okay. And they got back together Yeah, and there was, there's no mystery left. So I, that's why I didn't register. I just I, don't like it when it's Superman and Batman fight and he says like their mom's names, like what?
1: Like, I know you haven't even seen that movie, but, but that's I, the cliche I, I, agree I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the, so Uh, But what leads up to that before they get back together is basically nothing's working for Mm -hmm. them. They can't have a kid. They decide to stop having a kid. They're fighting all the time. Nobody enjoys being with them. They're not having sex. They're not having sex. They're just unhappy. Mm -hmm. And he wants to go back to working.
0: Oh, no. He just goes back to working. Oh, yeah. And no, 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 no. I think... He committed the ultimate sin of not even consulting her. He just decided to do it, mm-hmm. and I I agree with Deborah Winger. I'm like, yeah, it's over. If he for him to do that, I think that's just him breaking the relationship apart right there. That he just makes a decision. I'm going back to refing. Right. It's over. Right. Well, because the relationship
1: doesn't end there, though. But it's it basically yeah, for sure. He should have consulted her. They should have talked about it Well he told her that he's he's going back. Right. So um proofs in the pudding. And then she says, like like she basically like he's starting to do that and then she comes back with I got a job offer. In Dallas, so we're gonna move to Dallas. And he's like, We're not moving to Dallas. And she's like, Okay, I'm moving to Paris. He's like, the
0: fuck are you talking about?
1: (laughs) And so she leaves and they're basically depressed. And in the meantime, a second couple had shown up. Like the one of Billy Crystal's ref's friends. Yeah, the dude from West Wing. Right. And Joe Mantegna also and his girl like have a little bit of a fight um at one point in time. Which it don't gets do patched that.
0: up. Like, don't have drama in your
1: frame story. I don't need it. I
0: don't care about I
1: liked it. it. Did you? I I did a lot. I liked all the characters in the frame story.
0: I don't I didn't need them to have drama. I liked them having I like them having lives, but I didn't need their drama.
1: It was a very short amount of drama. I liked it. I thought it added color to that scene where like they've known each other for three months. Mm -hmm. They got engaged. And this thing comes up where you're talking about another couple's problems and you side with one of them and say, you know, I get, you know, this could possibly happen. And when you haven't confronted that in your life. Yeah. And it's coming up on your wedding. It seemed like a very real thing for them to get in a small fight about it.
0: Yeah. So they, the Joe Mantegna's girl gets in a fight and she goes and cries in the bathroom. And mm. we get, I did like the framing device of, okay, now we get Julie Kavner is telling the story. bringing some intel in. So yeah. I thought that was a good way of like getting perspectives because the whole point of this movie is saying they both have really good reason to have done what they've done. Yeah. To be frustrated in their relationship and be like, why is this person not doing enough for, for me? Like I'm doing all the work and it's like, they're both right. And that's the thing about marriage is
1: yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but then basically we get, this is my favorite part of the framing device. Um, is they like, there's this like Tate, like they're waiting for Billy Crystal to show up, but they're waiting for the Knicks game to be over. And the guy's like, like from another table down the way, he's like, oh, the Knicks game. You wouldn't believe what it happened. was crazy. It was crazy. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm glad it happened mm-hmm. where he comes over and he fills in the last part of the story, which is them kissing on. Yeah. Cause she, floor. she ended up going to Paris and they, they did break up. Yeah. And that had, that they didn't had, get had divorced, six, but they got separated. Yeah.
0: And that had happened six months previous. And the girl, Joe Montaigne's girl was like, what? They can't end up not being together. And this guy tells us, well, I saw this this ref at this game and <laughs> some lady came down to the it's like how did you notice this happening
1: yeah exactly i don't know how well i guess like they were on the middle of the floor and they were on the big screen above the yeah um above the the court yes court is the name
0: so billy crystal was like telling his referee buddy i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go to paris i gotta go get her now mm-hmm. and he's like you can't leave they'll kick you out of the
1: league and so i guess she stayed and watched the game yeah, I guess they, they had didn't show up until later. He's like,
0: well, I'm glad you're here. I, I have a, I got to work. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, they, they both show up at the dinner and um, uh, Liz, Cynthia Stevenson is like, oh my gosh, I know your whole story. Mm-hmm. And she gives them a hug. And uh, then they proceed to tell their whole story and everybody's like, oh, please don't. <laughs> um, and then we're out. Yeah. Um,
0: so I have a question for you. You said at the beginning of this episode that they only had chemistry in one scene.
1: Well, okay. Um, I'll back that up a little bit. I'm sure they had a little bit more chemistry than that. I, what did you think about this movie? Actually, let's let's start off with a positive note.
0: I like this movie a lot. I think it works better as a just straight up and down comedy Mm because it's Billy Crystal just Quipping mm-hmm. and I was laughing a lot, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like guffaws from me, yeah um is it as romantic as Sleepless in Seattle?
1: No, no, I mean uh, most of the movie they're fighting,
0: yeah, is it an extremely relatable movie? Yes, where I felt very seen by the movie of I've been with Sarah for ten years now, and it's like uh <laughs> It, it, you just Hi, Sarah <laughs> nice to t- see you on this episode <laughs> no but it's just like you can work as hard as you can and you're still going to have problems mm-hmm. and we've never ever been on the verge of separation or anything dramatic like that sure. but it's like we have fights and fights are good you should have fights when your relationship totally agree it's really good for you to have fights it means that I told Sarah this you are fighting with someone, and you're not backing down, and you're trying to figure something out. I think that means you love them, because hmm. you can just walk away. Because if you're you fighting, and I with must love some...
1: each other a lot,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I think if you're fighting with someone, you're like, I don't want to fight with you about this. I don't care where this goes. You probably don't care about what that person thinks about you, or what you care, or you, and you probably don't care what that person thinks either.
1: Uh, maybe I, I, I feel like you can also. Argue that some things matter more to one person than the other.
0: Yeah. But you probably recognize that in a relationship. Yeah. Like you and I argue about things. Sarah and I argue about things. My brother and I have legendary arguments about oh my things. Gosh. I don't um, want
1: to be in the room for those.
0: I wouldn't have those. I wouldn't have an argument with my brother if he was just some guy I saw at a bar. I'd be like, okay, you're weird. But since it's my brother, I commit to it because I care about what he thinks, what I think, and that he understands what i think Mm -hmm. and that he wants me to understand what he thinks Mm -hmm. and so all that being said fighting's good sometimes sure it can be also be destructive Mm -hmm. but that's what i enjoyed about this movie as a romantic film is that it was more a relationship comedy not a romantic comedy
1: i didn't see them fighting a lot though not Um, fighting just having struggle Yeah, they struggle a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of conflict. So, you said you like this movie. What's your out of five?
0: Three and a half out of five, only because of the crystal factor. If it was some other guy, if it didn't have that comedian movie star thing, Mm -hmm. it would have been like three. Like, it would have been a lot more forgettable. Yeah. But the the charisma crystal. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I think... Billy Crystal has a bunch of charisma. I really like him in this movie. I, I think if you're going to have somebody like Billy Crystal, Robin and I went on a walk and talk about this movie afterwards last night. Mm-hmm. I think you need somebody who can also soak up some of the gravity in the room. Mm -hmm. like somebody like a Meg Ryan where if Meg Ryan enters the room, even though she's kind of girl next story, sometimes she's the person you're looking at. Uh Uh-huh. She has charisma. She's not as goofy as Billy Crystal, but she has a lot of charisma. She brings a power to the room. Mm -hmm. You don't think Deborah
0: Winger has charisma?
1: Not in this role. No, I don't.
0: You don't think she has any charisma? I really, she's got a, Pigeon stuck to her head and she's screaming at the vet's office. I think that was a
1: funny scene. Mm-hmm. I think every scene with Billy Crystal that she's in, except for that first one, I think there's, to me, it felt like when I was watching this movie, she didn't realize what the intent of her lines were until halfway through saying most of them.
0: Ah, I couldn't disagree. I wait. What, could did, I, you, what could did I disagree more? What, I'm what, disagreeing with you a lot. Okay, that's fine. What <laughs> did you like about her performance? Um, I recognized her. Like, I know you hate it when I like align the love interests to Sarah, but it was like, I can imagine being married to this woman, and I can imagine having this character that Deborah Winger plays be my wife. And I felt everything that she was going through. I felt a, her.
1: A, a personality is great, and a struggle is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought her performance was lackluster. And this is a this is a Deborah Winger that has been nominated for three Academy Awards. She's I'm not, a thrice nominated actor. I'm not saying she's a bad actor necessarily. I haven't seen her in a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. I didn't like her in this role. I thought we needed somebody who A had more comedic chops and had more charisma. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I would have liked a Diane Keaton in this mm-hmm. role. I would have honestly liked. Either of the other two women that first show up, uh, either a Liz, uh, Cynthia Stevenson, or... Mm -hmm. um, Kathy Moriarty. Kathy Moriarty. Uh, No, not Kathy Moriarty. Julie Kavner. Julie Kavner. Yeah. I would have liked either of them in the role better. Okay. Um, And I hate seeing the framing device story and seeing those actresses and saying, I think I would have rather had them in this story more. I don't know why I feel this way, but I, I, Robin, Robin felt it even more vehemently than me. Well, I
0: think there's a lot of issues here that are not Deborah Winger's fault, but I think Mr. Director's fault.
1: I, I think that's possibly the case as well. That's why I'm not going to lay it all on her shoulders, because Billy Crystal is acting in the scenes with her. He, he, I, I can Im- not imagine, or I can imagine on the day if he was behind the camera watching. Yeah he might have been able to see what I was seeing, but you didn't see what I was seeing, so... I thought there was a lot of clunky moments littered throughout
0: the film, mm-hmm. and it felt like litter, where I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but I, I moved past it, because I just walked past the litter. And so, like, when she's getting in the cab, and she's just leaving, and he, like, watches her go, and the music, like, swoons, it's like, this is clunky. Like, this isn't very... She's not doing a very good job, because I don't think Billy Crystal's giving her very good direction, because she doesn't... There's nothing there's nothing going on in the scene where she runs They're in Paris and like she walks away cause mm-hmm. this is too confusing. And he's like, where are you going? And she just walks away. It's like dramatically. It's like, ah, you're not really doing anything as a director here, Mr. Crystal. Like she's just been given very simple directions of now walk
1: away. Sure. Yeah. Well, those are all one though. Like, I mean, those are all singles on her. So mm-hmm. like, maybe that's true. And um, he has full control over the lead actor. But, there's that's true but there are so many scenes where he's just acting in it that are pretty baller scenes like all of the stuff with him like on the basketball court mm-hmm. or with his buddies like yeah. I never feel like that stiltedness is there.
0: I felt the stiltedness with Joe Montana. I thought he was a little bit I thought his performance was a little forced. Hmm, I didn't and think I, so. And I was okay with it because it's just the framing device. I'm like, you're not actually that important. I like. So you was... and I like
1: different parts of this movie, apparently.
0: <laughs> well, I think we definitely agree in Billy Crystal. Well, we both like Billy Crystal, yeah. Yeah, for but sure. I I didn't care for the framing device, but I didn't... At the end of the day, the framing device doesn't need to do that much. In... Anyways, it's just framing device. It's just a nice
1: little box around our story. I think so. But I think if I had watched this movie without some of the narration, it wouldn't work very well. Right. And so I think it was necessary. It
0: does beg the question of why, why did they go with it in the first place? And we'll get to that in trope talk. Mm. Um, So let's go. That was a perfect transition. You don't even need to say anything else.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to trope talk. It's like periscope talk because you're going to need one. If you're going to see any of these basketball players up close and in person. Paris Scope Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant. Thank you. Took me a while to
0: think of. (laughs) So our trope is uh, the frame story uh, Mm -hmm. first invented by William Yes, William Shakespeare invented the frame story. Um, I forget which one he did the
1: framing device in, but it was a Shakespeare play. Summers. We talked about this before. I know, and I always forget. I feel bad. It's either It's either Midsummer's or whichever the one is the one with the king who's like, tell me a story, players. And the players are like, we'll tell you a story, no problem. Uh, So, yeah, the frame device
0: is to put a bow around the real story and to tell a new story. And it kind of is a conjuring where it's like. It's like the dream within a dream thing where yeah. they want to bring you into one story and then they're going to tell you
1: another story to kill, to lull you even more into believing what they're going to tell you. It also creates a level of emotional separation uh-huh. because you know you're watching a story anyway, but the, the joy of, of a story is being lost in it, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a writer's... Trick if they can get you lost in a story within a story. Yeah. Whether that's a real story like one that happened in this movie, or if it's a feigned story like in a Shakespeare tale where you have some players doing a play for other people. Yeah. And either way, I think it's a feat if you can pull it off. Yeah. Sometimes it enhances a story. Sometimes I think it emotionally drains a story.
0: Also, it can be different things where they're telling a fictional tale. And that's one thing that there's a new suspension disbelief because it's like I got to believe this world now I got to believe a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you think of an example of that?
1: Um, well, I th- well, and besides Shakespeare.
0: Well, I feel like uh, is man. This is really reaching as an English major, but isn't that the whole point of A Thousand One
1: Arabian Nights, where he has to yeah. tell story after story? Well, so actually, that- it's a woman telling a story because uh, this Sultan has a new bride basically every night and then he kills them. Mm -hmm. And then the woman who is with him telling these tales is like, I'm going to tell you a new story every night. And at the end, she like basically tells him enough stories that he's like, I can never get rid of you. And this is how she survives because he wants to hear a new story every night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's another story where it's like, I got to keep, I gotta keep talking, like I gotta like filibuster my way out of this. So I gotta keep telling fictional tales. Well,
1: um, it's not necessarily a fictional tale within the story, but we have um, the fuck. Why can't I think of it? It's the movie that you haven't seen that you know the ending of. Um, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. Thank mm-hmm. you. Where we have a character who is telling. He's basically confessing a crime the entire movie but really a lot of it is a fictional tale Mm. the whole time and the framing device is this interview but the tale wrapped within it is the real meat story of the movie and at the end what is real or not
0: real? oh yeah because then you can have framing devices that are like no one's telling a story it's just we have this other thing happening because like if you have what's that john cusack movie identity where the there's a framing device that comes into it Ah, later mm -hmm. in the movie and i can't even tell you what it is but that's where he has a this is ryan from the future this is your spoiler alert skip ahead Ah, later mm -hmm. in the movie and i can't even tell you what it is but that's where he has a bunch of different personalities okay you can just tell them oh we we can cut that out (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen the movie
1: i came out in 2003 that's the twist (laughs) no let's not keep that in Twist. that's horrible we should at least say spoilers beforehand okay we're not gonna do that to them that's mean okay um yeah the john cusack movie where the that has a twist at the end
0: okay in identity we meet a bunch of characters that get stranded in this creepy motel and it's like a horror movie then halfway through it, we jump to this other character that has seemingly nothing to do with it. And it's this guy who is got mental issues, and he's like uh, imprisoned, and he has some kind of hearing. And we realize that the tale of these people in the motel all is taking place in his head, mm-hmm. and so that just kind of frames the story for us and gives reason. It gives the story a reason for being. Mm. Um, what's the most significant? Story that you love that has a framing device. That wouldn't be the Princess Bride. That I was thinking of a different one too. Maybe
1: I love framing devices.
0: What's the other story that you really, really love that has a significant framing device?
1: Uh, Patrick, of Verona, Rothfuss. Oh, the okay. name I, of the I wind movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. name of the wind. Name of the wind is also. A story about somebody basically catching you up in their life, where mm-hmm. we have each He's of these. He's telling books the legend of, of himself. He, yeah. Basically, you're right. Where at a, and very, I, I have to say, very magnanimous of you to like <laughs> allow me to talk about this book that you don't like very much. Um, I know
0: it's important and I know a lot of people like
1: it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, basically, you have a bartender who owns a tavern telling a story over three days. And each day he tells a story to this chronicler of what has happened so far in his life. And so this story, presumably I the third book hasn't come out, but each, each story catches us up closer and closer to the now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of movies that use like storytelling like that, where this movie basically does that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You have, um, a person that, is very important. Like presumably Billy Crystal is going to be uh, Joe Mantegna's best man. Right. Yeah. And so that's why he's telling like this story about Billy Crystal at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. like, you're going to love this guy. But then the real story of this movie is the story of these two people's love. Yeah. Kind of. And so what we get is this play by play that brings you all the way up to the now. Which is exactly what Forrest Gump does. Yeah. Interesting. Very specifically. Uh-huh.
0: I think they probably were most inspired by Forrest Gump. Right. Right. Be- because we catch up and- sh- the Forrest lady Gump is 94? F- yeah. The lady in Forrest Gump is, oh, you don't need to take the bus. She lives over there.
1: Oh, yeah. And he's right. like, Jenny! Jenny! <laughs> but in that, in that story, like the story finishes outside of the framing device and this one really doesn't very much. Like yeah. it, it, does. Like the, it runs into the framing device a little bit, but Forrest Gump has like an extra twenty minutes after the framing device. Yeah, no, that's a longer movie. No
0: more but. forest on a on a bench at a, at a certain point.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, just going back really quickly to Princess Bride because why not since mm-hmm. we're here? I like that framing device because that is that story within a story that is a fictional story. But I think it's helped along by the fact that it's being literally read from yeah. a book, and so it feels like. But and that has another layer because it's a literal fictional story written inside of a universe that is fictional, right?
0: And I think William Goldman was like, okay, the the actual story of Wesley and the Princess Bride and all the things that are happening is a bit silly. Mm-hmm. And so he wraps it up. He just keeps wrapping up and lots of bows around it to make it feel just
1: right. Right. And the book even has more of those layers because yeah. like, there's another William Goldman that doesn't exist who's in that book. It's it's a lot, but it's one of my favorites. Go read it. Because Go if, read it, people.
0: If we were presented The Princess Bride straight, mm-hmm. no
1: frame story, it would feel cheesy in the wrong way. It would depend more on who you are, whether you'd like it or not. Yeah. I think it would have less of an audience. Right. But I don't think it'd be bad for me. I think I'd still like it a lot.
0: It wouldn't be the smashing success that it is. Yeah, probably not. Because the grandpa like is like, "Ah, sit down, sit down."
1: Like he you, gets us into the story. You you make us feel like the grandkid more. If yeah. you hear that voice of Peter Falk like coming in from a distance. And so, this movie, we have to ask ourselves a question does the framing device make us feel like we're friends at this table learning about this couple? A little. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't think I need the framing device. I don't think it brought in anything necessary. Okay. Because I'm thinking about what are the stories that are really successful with framing devices and having Forrest Gump telling us his story and having that back and forth where he's like, and if I was going anywhere, I was running. Like, there is a vantage that he has that he's telling us this story. I don't. I actually get think much of a vantage in this.
1: I think the reason why the Forrest Gump one exists and the reason why it's necessary isn't isn't for that vantage. It's literally because it would be so much less believable Mm -hmm. if we saw all this stuff happen to somebody and we didn't see the proof in the pudding at the end. Yeah.
0: And I would have bought all the silly things that these characters have happened to them, like the sperm donor scene Mm -hmm. and the bird attaching to her face. Like there's a lot of lampshading where they're like, you're not going to believe this. it's like, okay, so now I have to believe what you're going to say. You're going to say something ridiculous and you've prepped me. So I'm going to believe whatever you're going to say. Yeah.
1: It's a little bit of padding. I I agree. Um, I think if I would have liked the movie section more, like the actual main story more Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have liked the framing story as much, Mm -hmm. but honestly, a lot of the times it felt like a respite, like a necessary respite. So I'm glad I had it. Because I was not enjoying the regular movie a ton. I enjoyed Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. and I'd seen this movie a couple times before, uh, but I just I didn't believe in the couple, so I didn't really care too you much. You didn't
0: believe in the couple, or you didn't believe the I believed that they were a
1: real couple. Okay. Yes, for sure. But you didn't care for the couple. I didn't really care for them very much. Mm-hmm. I think if I liked Deborah Winger more in this movie, maybe I would have.
0: I think this movie is lacking a je ne sais quoi. I Yeah. That, there is something missing, and I don't think it's Deborah Winger's fault.
1: I don't necessarily think it's her fault necessarily either. It could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not laying blame anywhere. But I think the thing that we're missing is falling in love with this couple. Like And that's why I say I don't really feel the chemistry. They feel like a real couple. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They yeah. really do. But there's nothing about like the two of them where I'm like, yes, you guys got to be together.
0: Well, that's because it's very focused on their
1: relationship. It's, it's not focused on their love story. You're right. But I feel like if you're making a movie like this, it feels a little bit too in the camp of um, Friends with Kids. Right. And I need a little bit more balance. And I need some sweet with my savory.
0: Yeah, because Kissing Jessica Stein, let's go get some more Jennifer Westfeld. Yeah. A lot of that is relationship drama. Mm -hmm. What Jessica is going through with her person, I can't remember. But it's interesting. It is interesting because there's so much character development that comes through their struggle Mm -hmm. and bigger truths that are got at about sexuality and these other things However, in this movie, it's just kind of like, well, they're just another couple. Like, everyone has struggles, and this is just another one of those. The difference is Billy Crystal is telling jokes along the way. Yeah, that's true. And the couple, the two people individually, they don't really change. No. But I think I think that's just more real-life stuff, and it's like, well, that's not why I go to the movies. Like, yeah. you're being very reflective of what we are going through, which is... Great for, you know, art house cinema, but that's not what I go to Billy Crystal movies for. Sure. Like maybe, maybe a Noah Baumbach film, I'll, I'll get that. But this, I'm looking for a little bit more magic. And it had, I don't know, if Rob Reiner came in and was like, maybe you don't direct it. Maybe you just star in it. I mm. think he would have given it a jolt. Of it a little something. bit. Something yeah. there is, like I said, it's a je ne sais quoi that's missing. There's not a lot of. I don't have I don't I don't feel anything deeply. Yes. Yeah. When I leave when Harry met Sally, I've I've been uplifted by that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same <laughs> with Sleepless in Seattle. You know, there is something that does have a certain je ne sais quoi right over on our Patreon. Ah!
0: Over at the Patreon, we have so much going on. We need Everyone, to jump on and help us decide what our next
1: movie is. Hop on these pops. Hop on, hop on the what? Like hop on pop, like you know, the Dr. Seuss book. Oh right, do you hop read on, to your child? Hop on pop, sure.
0: <laughs> okay, so we are doing the 2010s. The movie
1: selection is: This Means War, Easy A, Trainwreck, and Edge of Seventeen. And so far. Emma Stone coming out of the gate. Easy A. pow Our Patreon people, our Patreon patrons. Everyone here is a big fan of um, the Scarlet Letter, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You just want some of that classic literature up in You need some of that
0: Nathaniel Hawthorne in you.
1: Um, so that's that's the August poll. And if you join the Patreon, of course, you can vote for that. You can also get our bonus episode, um, which is Speed this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have, I don't know, 18 bonus episodes at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And you get to, like, let us know what you want us to do for bonus episodes. You yeah, get... if you're a patron, you basically get to tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a great place to come hang out. So go visit us over at patreon.com slash romcom gents. Also, if you feel like it, rate and review us on iTunes, because uh, that always helps us out. We got a new one last week, and mm-hmm. it was really nice. It, it made having COVID a lot better. Kelly had COVID. Make him feel better. Write yeah, a come, just... just Wish me happiness. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I hope you have the strength to give out a Golden Sword Award.
1: She, A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. I'll raise it above this COVID. <laughs> yeah, so the golden sword here is is real easy for me. Um, I'm I'm giving it to I'm just giving it to all the basketball scenes because I, I don't I don't know if you're supposed to have a sword on the court. I feel like that's wrong. But there's sword just, on the court. Sword on the court. <whistles> sword on the court. Sword on the court. Sword on the court. I there's just something about seeing Billy Crystal be a referee where. If this was a documentary and you showed me Billy Crystal as a referee, I would have been like, oh, that guy's, yeah, totally ref. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I liked totally it. I liked him it. interacting with everybody. It was my favorite part of the movie. Did you enjoy this movie more than America's Sweethearts? <sighs> okay. This is what I think. I think this movie's doesn't have as many problems mm-hmm. as America's Sweethearts. I'm... I feel like America's Sweethearts took bigger swings. Yes, it did. So maybe I, I would would watch and I would it argue more.
0: Bigger whiffs.
1: I would. I would too. Yeah. I kind of they're kind of of a. I kind of feel the same. <laughs> they're about both them. mediocre in their own ways. Yeah. Okay.
0: I like this movie so much more than American Sweethearts. I,
1: I probably you know I probably do too, but I just didn't. I really was disappointed with. The I went... thrice nominated. <laughs> no, the chemistry. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel it. I, I didn't, I didn't feel it in the scenes. You know, I think the
0: problem is truly is that they're not trying to sell a love story. They're selling a relationship. And what we're seeing over and over again is the problems of being in I'll a relationship. Go watch marriage story then. I know. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the conundrum. And, It worked for me in that way, but I can understand why you're just not really wowed by it.
1: Well, the relationship part of it, like the rough stuff in the relationship felt very real to me. Yeah. Like, I felt like that was well captured. Yeah. It's just, again, I need to care more. And I
0: think this is why the majority of rom-coms are about falling in love and not sustaining a love story. Let me ask you a quick question.
1: When I was in my bad relationship. Yeah. Um did you really enjoy hanging out with the two of us?
0: No. I didn't even hang out with you because you would have to excuse yourselves to go fight on the patio. Yeah, that sucked. Or the hallway, or the other
1: hallway. <laughs> we only had one hallway.
0: <laughs> no, the hallway in the building, the building hall. Oh, the
1: bill Oh, yeah, that Poor,
0: you guys go down
1: the laundry room, laundry room, yeah, laundry room fight. That laundry, that laundry room fought me when we first moved in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Pow, so, right in the, kisser. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the hard thing about this movie is that when the couple's not fighting, I have to really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm friends with a couple when they're fighting, you and Sarah fight, like you and Sarah fight in front of me now because we're close and I was in your wedding, and if you guys are fighting, you'll fight in front of me, and not, no holds barred. Our, our fights are like, can you
0: not do that? I guess. And then I turn to you,
1: really sorry you had to see that. <laughs> it's it's not bad or anything, but, like, the reason why I don't mind it is because I care about you two, and I like you guys a lot when you're not fighting, mm-hmm. right? And that's the majority of the time. This couple, I didn't care about them when they weren't fighting and so when the movie asked me to I was like fine
0: well like I'm gonna look at our past episodes like I'm thinking five flights up where it's like Morgan Freeman Diane didn't, Keaton they're trying care to, about them either they're trying to figure out their real estate stuff I'm like mm-hmm. I don't care <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I don't care what they go through right now um, all these other movies that we've done I care and but in the past except the Heartbreak kid in the past okay. s- several months, Are any of these movies, Bridesmaids, My Best Friend's Wedding, The Apartment, America's Sweethearts, 27 Dresses, are any of these about established relationships?
1: Well, interestingly, so scroll back up to, um, we we brought up When Harry Met Sally earlier, and that's about an established relationship, right? It's just not about the love story Mm -hmm. the whole time. It's about the friendship.
0: Yeah, and that had some dynamic ups and downs, and it was a very unconventional friendship that those two had. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with other people, Jason Sudeikis and Alison Brie are buddies. Right. There's not much else to it. The Thin Man is not really
1: a love story. Mm-hmm.
0: Killers? Now there's one that's... Uh... Yeah, that's about
1: the relationship, yeah. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith?
0: Yeah, there's... I. That's Both of those movies are like, well, they've been together for a predetermined amount of time. Five
1: years for Mr. Mrs. We're going
0: to throw this nuclear bomb at the, at the, at the movie. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's just not a common story beat to just talk about an established relationship and what they're going through.
1: But I, I like when we run into those couples in movies, whether it's like the main character or not like, uh, Paul Rudd and, um, Oh, and, and what's her name in knocked up. Yeah. like, I love that. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not at the best part of their relationship. They're mm-hmm. at a hard part of their relationship, but I like that because I like them anyway.
0: Let's bookmark this for when we get to this is 40. Yeah. yeah. Which that, I really do want to watch. We catch up to that couple. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of that movie mm-hmm. is that we're catching them at a midlife point. Yeah. So,
1: and this, the the problem with this one is, is like their honeymoon period ended when they'd been in a relationship for basically like six months Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like i get it that's very real but you guys shouldn't be married yeah is what i think about them
0: well (laughs) (laughs) my golden sword award not the basketball games (laughs) i'm assuming i wanted to give it to the basketball games too oh no I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like Kareem got oh, shafted oh, in this Oh, movie. I got it. I got not, it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Well, well, yeah. I'm giving it to the song at the end of this movie. Oh. Because it does a power ballad. And there is this trend in 90s romantic comedies or romantic dramas or adult alternative dramas where they do a power ballad. With someone like Luther Vandross, oh, or oh. Michael Bolton, mm-hmm. or Celine Dion, or Vanessa with a Williams. Big voice. And it's got the 90s synthesizers, and it just Whitney has... Whitney Houston, probably. Yeah, yeah. And it just has this, like, uh, feeling.
1: When you love some-
0: When the movie ended last night, I was like, I'm going to go hang out with Sarah. And that song came on. I was like, no, I'm going to sit here no, and enjoy this, this song. Life. Yeah, I'm going to sit sure. by myself and watch this. Because for me, it brought me back to movie theaters in the 90s and that feeling. Like, Remember, I don't know if Hercules does this, but like, there was this trend in Disney's animated movies where they did the exact same thing. Uh, Hercules, it's the I Can Go the Distance mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. There's a Michael Bolton version. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Ugh.
1: Yeah, no, no, totally. I I don't prefer the Michael Bolton version of the two of them, but I get what you're talking about. Aladdin did this as well because um, they did, I believe it was Whole New World, mm-hmm. um, but it was two, I think it's Lionel Richie, I believe is one of the singers mm. who, who sings it at the end, but it's like Elton John singing... Lion King, Lion King music. songs, you know?
0: But it was big, like, emotional music. And, like, you as a kid, like, felt it, even though you knew it was cheesy. But totally. it was giddy and under your skin. Yeah. And it really transported me back to the 90s when I remember grown-up movies being on in the background. And, like, these songs would come on. And those were grown-up songs. And I was just delivered. And I was just... Sent back in time, and I got to enjoy these grown-up things for the first time because mm-hmm. I always had that kid feeling. You never went through this because you were like some. Grown I watched up. Stand by Me when I was four. <laughs> you were some yeah. grown-up when you were seven, but yeah. like I always remember that feeling of like, oh, they're watching grown-up movies. I'm not allowed to be around. Sure, and this is a grown-up movie. Totally. Like I was seven when this movie came out, mm-hmm. and I got to enjoy this grown-up movie. And the music just makes me go uh So. <laughs> Take
1: the golden sword, you sexy song. I feel like a golden or a, a power ballad is a good place for a golden sword. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, another good place to put something gold <laughs> is in your hand with a rom com Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next next week, I promise the voice is going to be back. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it with some heat. I really want to be like. Fuck you and say best actress, Deborah I'm hey, not I'm not you gonna You know what? This is your Oscar to give out, Ryan. I'm not gonna do that. You if you think that we're not gonna get a better actress this no, the rest of this. I'm not year, gonna do that.
0: I want to give it best I don't necessarily want to call it funniest rom com because like Bridesmaids I think is a funnier
1: movie. Sure. But but, I, the, but the scenes with the the dad are just pretty choice yeah.
0: I really appreciate Billy Crystal's like list of jokes
1: I feel like he's just got a Rolodex of jokes that he's got here I, and I think there are certain there's only certain comedians Ryan Reynolds might be another one of them who can deliver a line and sometimes it's a bit much but it's never not funny mm-hmm. so what do you call that not funniest but best frequency of humor Um, yeah M- most mo- most best, most jokes yeah okay best most jokes yeah i like it that's best a good oscar jokes. um i like that that's in quotes mm-hmm. at, on the oscar best most jokes <laughs> yeah um i'm gonna give it to best waiter like we've had yeah, that guy's great we've had like five or six waiters uh this year and they're i always kind of appreciate a waiter in a movie, because mm-hmm. usually they're having to watch people break up. Yeah. But this guy was interested in the story. He always had like a good thing to say about the the drinks. Yeah. He let them stay without bothering them yeah. too much. But he was a little direct too, because he's in New York and he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I got tables too. I want to go home. Yeah. I thought he's a great waiter. Best waiter. Best waiter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well,
0: I'm really curious. I'm gonna ask you, and I'm I really don't know what you're gonna say. Who would you fall in love with?
1: Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The Truth of it is, I've loved you from the first second I met you.
0: <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close, not even a little bit, not even at all.
1: You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I know. Run! the waiter (laughs) no not the waiter he seems nice and all but i'm gonna go what's who's who's um who's march what's what's her name julie cabner julie cabner she is very caring and she was like she was weighing all of her food because she was doing weight watchers which i found hilarious yeah and that would bother me a ton but she was a very close second i think i'm going with liz Cynthia Stevenson, Joe Mantegna's lady. Yeah, she was just, like, really interested in the story, really invested in it. She seemed very sweet, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just liked her. I liked the look of her. I liked her comedy. I liked mm-hmm. her timing.
0: I'm going with Deborah Winger because I think Aye. she's really beautiful. I, th- I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, I found her warm and charming and disarming, and I happen to like these qualities, Kelly. So...
1: I happen to like <laughs> New York. Deborah Wingers in New York at the end of this movie. So you know that song. I have, I think
0: no. But we do need to watch An Officer and a Gentleman. Mm, it's on our list. So, not not now. But that's what we're gonna
1: do. No, I like I said. I I bet she's I bet she's gonna surprise me. She's gonna, gonna surprise you. She's gonna she's surprise gonna me. I just. like that first scene i was like whoa you got some chops and then Mm -hmm. the rest of it i just wasn't on board with so yeah
0: uh okay so that's the movie that's Mm -hmm. forget
1: a paris and you can forget forget about about
0: it it. uh for next week i would like to make a proposal to you
1: Uh oh what do you think about i don't want to watch the proposal again
0: what do you think about us doing greece we just lost Olivia Newton John.
1: I feel like I didn't know about that. That's news to me. Olivia and... Newton John died, Kelly. <laughs> well, let's let's also watch Star Trek because Michelle Nichols died as well. We should watch the great rom com Star Trek. <laughs> um Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Um I really do want to re-watch To All the Boys sometime soon. I think that should be on our n- near near proximity Mm, I feel like there's some
0: kind of like special episode like like the revisit the grand revisit of Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe we need to have a guest on because I know Rachel really likes those movies but someone to like make their defense of like these are why these movie movies are good Mm -hmm. and we can be like maybe we can come around to what you're saying or we
1: can be like maybe we'll just stay in our way yeah, and not yeah, like this movie. Yeah, still. yeah. We'll, well, maybe we'll reach out. But yeah, okay. You want to do Grease? We're gonna do Grease. That's a rom com. It's about a, it's about a couple. Um, if you don't know this movie, they get together over a summer, and then they tell all their friends about it, and they think they're not going to see each other again, but they, they end up going to school together. Sandy, that's my John Travolta. <laughs> Sandy,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Okay, so next week is Grease Lightning. <laughs> Did you do Greece in high school? I was in the play Greece in high school. I played drums for Greece.
1: Oh really? Yeah. What? We were both in Greece. I think
0: that's the coolest thing you can do for Greece is play drums for Greece.
1: Yeah. Being in Greece was fun and all, but like no, it was fun. It was a fine play. Fun play. Yeah, fun it was play good. for high schoolers to do. I feel like the the um, set dressers for that play got a lot of like fun time because they had to build a car that actually moved yeah. across stage. So oh, that was yeah. pretty fun. Got to like jump over that a couple times.
0: So yeah, next week we are honoring Olivia Newton-John. It's going to be Grease, not Xanadu. Um, I'm okay with that. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Gene Kelly fans.
1: Um, we'll get to it. At some do you point. like Gene Kelly's direction? Uh, that's another question for another time. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, Ryan, I love you so much that if it was your last day on the court, no way would I throw you out. Mm. No way. Mm. Forget about it. I love
0: you so much that I wouldn't forget Paris. I would remember every second. I'm going to remember it so hard.
1: (laughs) Mm. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on A Gentleman's Guide. To (coughs) rom-coms. Let me get some more water. (laughs) You can put this at the end.